Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. are our strength like no other and lord we just worship you and thank you for that this morning in jesus name amen celebrate god as we take our seats this morning good morning jesus house you know uh, tolu mentioned when she prayed earlier on and dr zoe as well about the uh, state of the nation uh, and um, I'm sure each and every single one of us uh, can testify to exactly where we are. But this morning, as I uh, share the word briefly with us, I- I'm reminded about this um, series that we've been privileged to be on as a church. Just really, really examining the heart in so many ways from so many different angles. And don't you get that... Uh, feeling that the Lord is uh, revving us up as a body for something. The heart, the heart, the central core processing unit, the command center, the, the, the innermost being. Uh, you know, Pastor Agu did a great job of distinguishing the physical muscle, the heart, from the being that is at the center of you. The physical heart obviously is pumping blood and pumping oxygen right through the body. But uh, the, the core being is uh, pumping all of the oxygen around life. And that's why that uh, foundation scripture uh, says that we should guard the heart because out of it flows the issues of life. When the heart is functioning well. It's a wellspring that fresh water comes from, and we are able to withstand whatever it is that, the, uh, that life may throw at us. So we've uh, had the privilege over those last few weeks of uh, sitting through all of those teachings, uh, and right now I would like to believe, like me, sitting before me and also worshiping online are people with fine-tuned, recalibrated hearts or are in the process of being recalibrated. And it doesn't really matter if this is your first time in church or first time for several weeks and you don't really know what I'm talking about. The beauty is that you've got um, the whole of YouTube there to catch up on it. But more importantly, our prayer as a church is that whether we were there from day one of the series or whether we came in along the line, God is faithful and he will complete in each one of our lives that which it is that he has set out to do in Jesus' name. So even if we had hard hearts or stony hearts in the past, those hearts have been made soft. Whether those hearts were stubborn hearts, corrupt hearts, Deceitful hearts, evil hearts, these are all the types of hearts that uh, we've learned and been 
taught about it. Uh, this one is interesting, unbelieving hearts. You remember Pastor Agu talking about that whole concept of the unbelieving believer. By now, I would like to believe that we are believing believers. And uh, if we're not fully there yet, the Lord will hasten that work. If there's anyone sitting here, if there's anyone worshiping online with a wounded heart, with a fearful heart, all of these hearts are being fixed and are being recalibrated uh, in, in this time. You know, we also got a glimpse when uh, Pastor Doc preached um, about the heart of the matter, um, about the fact that God also has a heart. Uh, and it was in the um, scriptures in First Samuel where God had sent uh, the, the, the prophet to the house of Jesse to anoint a king. Uh, and of course, the, we had this uh, whole situation where Samuel was looking on the outside. But as God himself prophesied through the prophet, he says, the Lord has sought for himself a man who is after his heart. So we've, we, 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 we've had a, uh, an insight into our own hearts that are being fixed. We've got an insight into God's heart. We have the template of David to model on. But this morning, we are going to be looking at the heart of the nation. The heart of the nation. Everything that Tolu prayed about earlier on, all the mental health stress which Dr. Zoe talked about, all of that comes out of the central processing unit of the nation. And isn't it the case that the heart of the nation has been beating very hard and very fast, nonstop, for, we worked out, Lola, the last seven years. It all started with the run-up to Brexit, and uh, uh, we all know the contentions around all of that uh, and the divisions that came along with that. And of course, we then went on and we had the Brexit vote itself. It seemed as though the world had come to an end or was coming to an end. <laughs> and and, and uh, Brexit itself introduced a whole bunch of new terms and names into our lexicon and into our households. Uh, do, does anyone remember the uh, Irish border issues, the issues around Article 50? Um, we all didn't know about Michel Barnier before that or Donald Tusk, and these are all people. But even now, it seems like it's uh, a long way, <laughs> a long time ago. We went straight from Brexit, and just when we thought nothing else more seriously could happen, we're just coming out of it, and we go straight in to a pandemic. Wow. And, and that came with its own set of uh, vocabulary. None of us knew about furlough, or most of us didn't know about what furlough was. Uh, and we learned about it. We had the whole vaccination program. We had lockdown uh, and all of that. Uh, and the heart keeps beating very fast. And then we had the whole political turmoil around Partygate that happened during the uh, lockdown. Uh, and this is happening in the UK, but of course, there is a hard and fast beating heart across the nation as well. 
And, and, and we saw that during Black Lives Matter, which spilled across the world. And we saw it in NSARS in West Africa, in Nigeria. And just when we thought that uh, we had seen all the rest of it, we've come out of, or as Dr. Nuzo said last week, just as we're getting to the point where you think that uh, uh, the pandemic is over, we now have the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and alongside of that, we've got energy poverty, global food poverty. I, I, I'm surprised to find out all of the food items that originated out of Ukraine. And alongside that, you've got uh, climate change and all of the extreme weather patterns that we've all been experiencing. We had the passing of the Queen, and now there are threats of nuclear war. So, <laughs> by God, the heart of the nation and the hearts of the nations have been beaten and beaten very hard. It's been non-stop. Some of you will be aware that uh, I run a, uh, I, I, as though I didn't have a, enough to do in my day-to-day -day work in the community in Jesus' house, I, I took upon myself the task of getting involved with a social justice uh, charity that actually advocates in, 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 uh, in the UK about stuff going on on the other side of the world. And I must say to you, it's absolutely difficult to get any media attention or government attention for anything because of all of these various things that are just going straight off the back of each other, one after the, one after the other. Today in the UK, we're dealing with a rising interest rates, we're dealing with rising inflation, rising energy costs, we're dealing with food costs rising, increased use of the food bank, and we know that even at our local food bank in Collingdale, which we run here, there's a possibility, I heard, that there may very well be energy rationing, food rationing, talk of going back to the 70s, and the issues around racial justice or racial injustice. Um, hasn't necessarily gone away. The heart of the nation is beating and beating very fast. And, and, and it's in uh, scenarios like that that we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the response of the church? What is the response of the Christian? What is your response? What is my response? Family breakdown, worklessness, addictions, the criminal justice system is still overflowing with a disproportionate amount of young black men who should not really be there or in there. What is the response of the church? There's, uh, challenges in the housing area, the debts are rising, personal debts. But then, writing in the seventh verse, the 29th uh, chapter, of the book of Jeremiah, the, the prophet prophesied ahead of today about what it is that we need to do. He says we need to seek the peace and the prosperity of the place where the Lord has carried you and I into because as it receives peace, as the city, as the nation receives peace, so also 
will you and I. That heart, that beating heart of the nation is actually a collective of all of our beating hearts. It is our collective hearts that is thumping, that is experiencing the absence of peace somewhat. And the prophet Jeremiah speaking to us is letting us know that as we pray for the peace and the prosperity of the nation, that is what is going to bring about the transformation. Transforming uh, a society requires the transformation of the heart of society. To bring about a change of all the things that we would like to see differently in the nation requires the heart of the nation to change. So we've looked at our heart, we've looked at God's heart, but today we're looking at the heart of the nation. How does the heart of a nation get fixed? How does the heart of a nation get fixed? The psalmist writing in Psalm 33 verse 12 tells us that blessed is the nation, any nation, the United Kingdom, any nation around the world where you may be worshipping from, uh, blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. You know, we talked earlier on about transforming our hearts from unbelieving believers to people who understand that the word is powerful. And the psalmist is telling us in that word that the nation who treats the Lord as its God is blessed, receives peace. And so we must be asking ourselves this morning, how do we as a church help to bring that peace? What is the God of this nation? Is it our Father in heaven? Or is it a whole bunch of other things? Is it intellectualism? Is it that whole first-class superiority mentality uh, because we are at the cutting edge of innovation and so we suddenly think that it's all about us? Is it uh, to do with the finances and the money and the economy has become the God of the nation? If that is the case, then that is going to need a change. Is it fashion? Is it food? What is the God of this nation? Because the psalmist tells us that our Father in heaven needs to be the God of this nation. You know, as Pastor talked through the series, we came to the series, we came to the, the, the sermon where he talked through the antidote. He talked through the solution to a, a challenged heart that we have as individuals. And that solution was the love of God. Brothers and sisters, you will not be too surprised to find out that that very same love of God is actually the same antidote, medication, solution for the heart of the nation as a whole. It's the vaccination, it's the remedy, it is what God is going to use to heal our nation. But what's really interesting uh, is that the people that the Lord uses as his spiritual NHS 
the people that he uses to give that vaccination, the people that he uses to administer the injection is you and is me. You and I. And, and so I'm not surprised that the Lord worked on all of our hearts first before we came to a place where he's increasing our knowledge of the, and giving us an understanding that those nice, squeegee, squeezy hearts that are fixed, that are no longer stony and are no longer fearful and are no longer worried, that those hearts are because he has a, a message that he would have us do. Writing through the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 22, verse 30, he says, I looked for someone amongst them, amongst this congregation, worshipping from wherever uh, across the world. I looked for someone amongst them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, on behalf of this land, on behalf of all the nations. He's looking for you and me who would stand in the gap build up the wall, and actually help to administer his uh, uh, remedy of love into the heart of the nation. And so I'm just going to quickly reel out five things which uh, uh, are sort of examples of how he's going to use you, how he's going to use me uh, to, to, to do that. So the first one is we get to spread God's love when we represent God in our communities. In a few weeks' time, we're going to be um, reminding you that uh, Christmas is knocking and uh, uh, it is time for us to go once again and enable people who have been going through all of those things that we talked about to remind us that we need to share our Christmas lunches with them as well. We're going to be sponsoring one or multiple hampers of uh, CLOJ hampers. And we, having received the peace of God already, are not going to be fearful about the fact that the cost of living crisis has meant that the price of everything, including the hampers, has gone up. But we're not going to be fearful about that because we also know through his word that he is the one who is providing it. It's Christmas lunch on who? On Jesus. He will provide for it, albeit the fact that he will provide for it through you and through me. So when that call comes, let's remember to spread his love to the heart of the nation through that. We get to the second one I was going to mention is we get to spread his love at our workplaces, at your workplaces, irrespective of whether you are primarily working online or you're physically going in, we're having interactions with colleagues. Each person that you meet is an opportunity for you to administer that vaccination, that uh, uh, injection of love. And so we've got to be conscious that we are carriers of his glory as we connect with people. The next one I was going to mention is we get to spread his love through praying for our nation, our city, our Jerusalem. Because we know that when we pray, things happen. Or sometimes more appropriately, when we pray, things do not happen. Things that were meant to happen, things that had already been written into policy, gets changed because we pray. 
we have an understanding that the things that happen on the earth happen because things have been tweaked in the heavenly realms. And sometimes some things happen on the earth because we did not bother to go and do that tweaking in the heavenly realms. And so we get to spread his love to our nation, to the heart of the nation, through praying, through interceding. And I, I would like us just going on from this new understanding to just recommit ourselves and re-sign up to all of those opportunities that exist or will exist for us to do that. We get to spread his love, number four, when we rise up and stand in the gap and take responsibility for things around us. When we rise up and say, you know what, I'm going to put my hand in the, my, put my hat in the ring, my hand in the air to do something. I, I will be a school governor. I feel God has been nudging me about it. I've been pushing it to the back of my mind. I will actually be a magistrate. I will be a special constable. Uh, I was actually quite intrigued during the run-up to the Queen's funeral, and um, it was totally impossible to get a space in central London. You notice how they blocked it all off. Uh, and then I noticed that but the people who were volunteering as special constables, they had a front-line seat. I thought, oh, my goodness, <laughs> if ever there was a, an incentive to uh, put your hand up for public service, the day will come where, you know, there are things that others can't do that we would get a chance to do. So let's put our hands up for that. Let's throw our hands in the ring to become local counselors. Let, let's put our heart, hands in the air to say, I will step up and become an MP. And you know, for all of the things that we talked about earlier on that we said are going, on, going wrong, the truth of the matter is, we're a lot better off trying to deal with it from the inside than from the outside. Outside, you'll just be carrying placards. Outside, you'll be shouting on social media, you'll be complaining on WhatsApp. When you're the councillor determining the local policies, when you're the MP who has to vote, you are making a practical difference on behalf of God, administering his love in the corridors of power where it matters. So let's put our hands up for that. And lastly, talking about advocacy, we get to represent him in our nation and administer that love when we take up causes which he lays on our hearts. I talked earlier about the one which I got involved with despite the fact that I really genuinely did not have the time to, but um, uh, nevertheless, I know it is an outworking and I'm having to reorganize myself to be able to do what it is that God is calling me to do. You know, at the, la at, at the start of last month in September, the um, Children's Commissioner for England released a report, the Independent Family Review Report, part one of it. It comes in two parts. She released part one. This is a report that was commissioned by the MP Kemi Badenoch when she was an Equalities Minister. And in that report, and please do go check it out uh, online, 
later on if you um, haven't already. Come on, come on, come on. Let's do this together. <laughs> Talking about children, children's reports, how, more, how, how much more appropriate is it to have a young child? I hope you would understand the statistics I'm going to give you now <laughs> based on that. Whilst the report actually talked about the fact that uh, the family indeed is critical and very important for society, it actually had some very worrying news in it as well, which somebody here must take to heart. It highlights the importance of family. It says the government should prioritize uh, the support of family. But it talks about the fact that 23% of families in the UK, in England rather, are lone parent families. Did you know that? That's almost one in four families in the UK. So sometimes because we work in circles uh, and all of your friends you know are married or growing up in uh, healthy, thriving families, we don't realize that such a high percentage of people are going through uh, having to live in, in lone parent families. And the research carries on to show that not only do they live in those lone families, but as a result of being in a lone family, you are disproportionately more likely to be caught in the poverty uh, trap and in all of those social ills that we talked about earlier on. It actually carries on and points out that 44% of children who were born between the years 2000 and 2001 did not live with their biological parents growing up. 44! I mean, am I the only one who's shocked about that? That is a cause for somebody. Someone who one day will become the minister of education, somebody who one day will become minister for the families, somebody who is worshipping online or watching uh, uh, or, or worshipping here, who one day will be perhaps the next children's commissioner, that is a cause that the God of heaven who orchestrates times and seasons is going to make available for you to do something about. But it actually starts not because you waited for the appointment letter, but because you answered the call on the tug on your heart. You know, that review I mentioned concludes, in the UK today, family has absolute primacy. Family and its importance is the unifying factor. It matters to everyone across geographic, ethnic, and social economic lines. There is little that correlates more with a child's happiness than how happy they are with their family. <laughs> little that better predicts their outcomes and chances of success for children to grow up to be adults that are happy, healthy, and contribute to society. There is nothing more important than to focus on the family. So this morning as we seek to calm the heart of the nation by God's grace, our prayers are that we need a cultural change. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, 14 and 15 reads, 
And above all these, put on love. Speaking to us, speaking to the entire church body, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of, God, of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body. And be thankful. We, that is our responsibility to lead on as the church, representing God as his hands and as his feet. We must be the carriers of his love. We must be the carriers of his story. We must be the carriers of his glory. And the Lord will enable us to do that in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace. Yeah? Writing in the, through John in John 14, my peace I give to you. That is what we have as Christians that the church is missing. Research already bears that out. Even though sometimes as we move on that journey from being unbelieving believers to believing believers, sometimes we find ourselves as well in that place where we don't have as much of that peace. But God says in that scripture, John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and of heart. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid. Whenever you see all of the things that the news and the newscasters are throwing to us, let's hold on to that scripture in the book of John. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. And also don't forget that the peace that you received is a peace for you to give out to the world. In that uh, foundation scripture, as we close this morning, in Proverbs chapter 4, 23, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Ten, ten verses earlier on in verse 13, that scripture says, guard uh, take hold of my instructions, my words. Don't let them go. You know, sometimes we hear the word and then it goes. But the Bible is saying, don't let them go. Guard them in prayer because they are the key to life. They're the keys. They're the keys that open the door into peace, into, prof into the prosperity which uh, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied about. So this morning, I bring you a message. Do not be afraid. Let us take the peace of God. Run with it. Let it fill our hearts. Let it fill our homes. And let us administer it to the heart of the nation. And you may be here this morning and uh, you're, or you're watching and uh, worshipping with us online. And you find that you're either in the totally unbeliever category or you're a believer that has backslidden and you're in the unbelieving believer category. This morning, as we close in prayer, I'd like you to just say that this gift that God talked about, that he has made available for you and for me, I want to take hold of that. So let's just bow our hearts and our heads in prayer. And if you've already given your life to Christ and you already know and have a relationship with him, begin to pray for the heart of the nation 
that people all over the nation, in the workplaces, in the streets, in the supermarkets, that the heart of the nation will be turned back to the Father so that a collective peace will come upon the heart of the nation. But if you don't even know that peace, if you don't even know the Father, if you do not have a relationship with Him this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray. Lift your hands, lift your heart, and I would like you to pray with me. Say, Dear Lord, this morning, I want that gift that is being spoken about that comes from you. I want the peace. I want a regenerated heart. So this morning, Lord, I commit my heart to you. I give my life to you. By your grace, come and fill my heart. Give me a new life. Give me a new start. Give me peace that comes from on high. And even if you've said that prayer this morning, from the bottom of your heart, you have given your life to Christ. And do make sure that you uh, get in touch with us so that we can walk the journey with you as you grow in Christ, as you gain greater strength in Him, and as you as well begin to administer His peace to the nation. God bless you.